Quintessential with your host, John Coote and Scott Martinez. How about global thermal nuclear war? Wouldn't you prefer a good game, Marshall? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Quintessential with John and Scott. Hey, How's it going? Hey, buddy. It's going well. It's summertime. It's what hot. It is hot. It has been very hot. Um, what are you doing to beat the heat? Um, some swimming. Swimming's a good thing to beat the heat with. Um, other than that, you know, the air's on. You've been and, you've yeah. been swimming. I have been swimming. I like. Why do you have a beard? Well, you have like I a full beard. I need to shave. I'm going to shave tonight. I think. Looks like you needed to shave about a month ago. Well, it's a big weekend coming up. It's Father's Day weekend. I don't know if you have plans, but uh, we're heading down to Laguna Beach. And so I'm just going to oh, shave nice. tomorrow so that my beard will be gone for the weekend. Are you staying at a hotel? I am. A very, 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 very fancy one called the Which one? Surf, Surf and Sand. It's right on the beach. Oh. The water comes all the way up to the building. I think I've been there. Yeah, that should really be nice. nice place. Yes. Oh, so, yeah, so looking for forward to it. Yeah, that's the way I'm going to beat uh, the heat. Is to be at the beach all weekend. Yeah, no, that'd be good. I'll probably be standing in my pool. I think my son's got some soccer somewhere. That could be hot. Yeah, it's hard to say. I can't. I, I can't remember. But uh, been watching. Have you been watching the Euros? I am watching it currently. As, but yes, I've been watching it somewhat. I haven't. I've. I don't wake up early in the morning. I'm not working in, right now. The show ended. I was on. I start another one next month, but for now, I'm sleeping a lot in a lot more than I should, I guess. But well, they had, what do you watch it on? ESPN. I can watch okay. the replays, whatever. But you can't forward fast forward. Like I watched two thirds of the German one, and then I had to go somewhere, and then I couldn't fast forward it to the point where I had. But I didn't miss anything anyway. Hmm. So, but yeah, I have. I have ESPN streaming, but I tend to watch it on the YouTube TV, which I have it all in the cloud, and it's pretty cool. But, yeah, somebody asked me the other day who I'm rooting for. I mean, I really don't have any, like, particular attachment, but I, I'm opting with Germany because right now, as I told you, look at look at I'm, – I'm halfway through this book, um, Craftwork, Future Music from Germany – so I might as well just pick the Germans. Oh, it's um, not a bad choice, is it? Never a bad choice. No, but they, but they didn't do well in game one against France. No, they didn't. Well, they scored the only goal themselves. On the no, game. they scored. There was a Yeah, it's true. But there was another goal later by France. Um, I think it was, uh, who was it? Mbappe kicked it to. Mbappe. Uh, somebody, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so speaking of Germany and Europe, and in honor of this week, um, in some ways, um, we're going to talk about um, the Cold War and its cultural impacts on um, our, 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 our youth in the 80s, which was pretty much the, uh, the penultimate sort of climax of the Cold War um, and how it, it really influenced a lot of our culture and whatnot. And uh, kind of thought of this a while ago, but then in honor of sort of, I guess, Biden meeting with Putin in uh, Geneva yesterday, uh, where I think he cleaned his clock. That's kind of a cool change as opposed to like, you know, um, scraping and bowing to him. Um, I kind of feel like America's back and all this stuff. And that's kind of how I felt about America in the 80s. So let's kind of get right into it. It sounds like a... a uh... Rocky IV uh, fight there. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Rocky IV in a minute. And but you know, um, yeah, I was, I was trying to remember. You know, you know, I'm kind of a political geek and a historical geek, so I guess it it, it makes sense. But I'm I'm a real Cold War nut. You know, um, I just finished watching Deutschland '89, which is a, a German uh, series that uh, it was three years. Um, Deutschland 83, 86, and 89, which pretty much is 
Cold War, Berlin, all that stuff. And I listen, you know, obviously we love the 80s and stuff, but watching that show was really kind of cool because of the topic, but also sort of the the general feel of of Cold War Berlin and all this stuff. Um, at least for me. But you, you know, I was Berlin? trying No, you probably have though. I have. Yes, I've been there like two or three times. It's on my list. Well, I'm trying to think about you go there and there's still buildings that are all on the outside you know, not looking so great, but on the inside, I, I hear they're really nice of the apartments that they have there and stuff. Are they I mean, mostly still pieces uh, of the wall are there, but you know, obviously the wall's gone. Is, is it mostly the East Berlin sector? That's got the older crappier yeah. stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. They still got that giant antenna thing though. Don't do that ball anyway. Yeah. But anyways, so um, yeah, it's on my list. I was thinking about instead of going on an easy trip to Mexico next year, maybe we actually plan out sort of a, no, and I would probably, no, I know. It's a great city. Um, but, uh, you know, I was trying to think about, like, when I, st- I became of mind about this conflict we had between the United States and the West and uh, the Soviet Union. You know, at what age was I aware of it? And I put some thought into it. And um, I'm not sure if, if the miracle on ice means anything to you. Yeah, of course. I, it, it's, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, so the 1980 um, Olympic Games at Lake Placid, um, you know, our our sports teams that were in the Olympics back then had no professionals, and that wasn't until I think the dream team of in the early 90s of basketball with Shaquille O'Neal and all those guys. So we, you know, we had this team of almost of amateurs, and then the Soviet Union was like had won the last like five or six Olympic games in a row. And they were just like a powerhouse thing. And, and it was like a big deal. And I was, and actually I brought it up with my sister recently and she goes, I knew exactly where I was when I heard about that. I go, I can't say that. I was like 10 years old, but she apparently was at Disneyland and everybody, some guy had a transistor radio and was, and then it spread around the, the park. But, you know, I just remember the feeling of it. And it's kind of like, like you said, like this Rocky thing, which was, it's odd to think about because the United States was the United States, but we had a rough, you know, time in the seventies with the Vietnam war and then uh, the, the hostage crisis in Iran and all this stuff. And we're kind of at a low point back then. And so there's this whole notion that Russia or the Soviet union was this big, bad thing, which they were, but that, that this hockey team beat them. And it was kind of this rallying cry. But I think that actually did later translate into themes like Rocky Four, where you had Sylvester Stallone, sort of like a five, nine-ish boxer up against Dolph Lundgren, who was a Swede, but in the movie he played this Soviet guy who looked enormous. Do you remember much about that movie? Um, I do remember Dolph Lundgren especially being much bigger than... Sylvester Stallone, but also the uh, the living in America and you know the uh, James you know, Brown, James Brown singing and the flag on all that stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And he wore American flag uh, boxing trunks. Yeah, and, and I think was that the movie where Mister um, T was actually his friend, or was that Apollo Creed was his friend by that time and coaching him or Apollo something? Apollo Creed, yeah. I don't know yeah, if but, him and yeah. Mr. T were ever friends. Is that Mr. <laughs> T's name in the movie, too? Was he Mr. T? In, in Rocky Three? Yeah. It was Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Okay, that's right. Clubber like, Lang. Clubber Lang sounds like one of the names from uh, the video game. What was that boxing video game? Left hook. Um, right hook. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Punch Out? Punch Out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punch Out. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so um, there was, you know, in, in terms of movies, I mean, there was just a rash of like uh, Cold War, you know, us versus them movies, which really is a lot, from a cinematic um, historical standpoint, is no different than the um, than the um, sort of the 1950s with like Cowboys and Indian movies and and whatnot. It was like clearly defined, like we were the good guys. They were the bad guys, <laughs> and there was just so many movies. And you know, one of the earliest movies um, that I really liked that we haven't talked about yet, which combines the Cold War and um, our love for early personal computers, is War Games. Yes, right. Where Matthew Broderick is a, 
a, a brilliant yet sh- terrible student. Right. He doesn't want to play all, chess. Yeah, yeah. He starts to, you know, hack. I guess you know, pre-internet hack into. He was trying to hack into gaming companies so he could play their games ahead of like their their release, and he accidentally stumbles onto like a depart- Department of Defense. Um, site of some kind and it's got this list of games which are things like chess and this and that and the other and then you know as you go down the list the final one was what global thermonuclear war global thermonuclear war and he wants to play that game and then joshua the artificial intelligence computer thing is like wouldn't you prefer a nice nice game of chess he tries to talk him out of it (laughs) he kind of does try to talk him out of it but um, and, you know, then the whole thing spirals out of control and we end up in a situation where the Soviets think that we're, we attacked them and the, the war room is which, is, which uh, is crazy because that almost just happened last year, wasn't it? Hawaii got this big warning on their phone saying there were missiles headed to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. And you're about to be blown into smithereens. But it was all <laughs> fake. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, and I can't remember the details of that real life incident. But it, you know, it's it's a good example of how um, I guess life imitates art. Well, it's also <laughs> how technology yeah. can mess things up. I mean, that was the whole mm-hmm. fear back then. Is you know we would whether it would be us pressing the button or them pressing the button or the computers deciding to do it themselves. You know, right something was going to start it and it was going to happen. Well, that's the whole premise of Terminator, which is not a Cold War movie, but it's a movie about um, the singularity, which is at a moment in time where the machines are um, are um, sentient, I guess. And um, they figured that they didn't need us anymore because we're too, we, we take too many resources to feed and everything else. But yeah, Definitely. Those are themes of, of that time, you know, high tech and but this, you know, underlying conflict all the time uh, between us and the Soviets. And the um, I do remember this specifically back to sports. So because, um, you know, the Lake the Olympics were in New York in Lake Placid in that Miracle on Ice winter games. And back then, the Olympic Games were um always in the same year, summer and winter. Now they have them um, staggered um, every two years. It's one or the other. And um, so coming up, the Summer Olympics in 1980 was hosted in Moscow. And Jimmy Carter, who was president in his final year, um, prohibited us from going to the games because um, – the Soviets invaded Afghanistan and um, all the Western countries joined in. So basically the 1980 summer games was pretty much a bunch of unaligned countries like, you know, South American countries or whatever else. Um, And then you had the Eastern communist countries just in the the Americans and the uh, Western Europeans weren't there. And so um, I remember that only nominally but what 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 why it gained so much importance for us what we what we could remember is that the soviets um got payback on us in the 1984 olympic games in los angeles because of what we did to them in 1980 and they didn't send any of the you know the east germans and the czechs and the yugoslavia government although the soviet union made them stay home which ended up we cleaned house and Mary Lou Retton and stuff was like top gold medalist and stuff, but we didn't have like all the good gymnasts from Russia. What do you, you went to some of the games, I didn't did you? I did some of the games, nothing that big. Um, I went to like a high, not high lie, but I guess maybe it was high lie. High lie was it an Olympic event in 84. I think it was. I, I remember going to a high lie game and or and then like a handball or something. We went to soccer, we went to a soccer game, which I don't think it was an Olympic sport, but I think it was a uh, something, or maybe it was an Olympic sport at that time. Did you go to soccer? Yeah, I went to soccer. 
And where was that at? That was at the Rose Bowl. It was a, it was crazy because it was so you know the parking in the Rose Bowl is so terrible. Yeah, we, had, we ended up having to park in someone's driveway, and the game ended, and we went back to where our car was, and the person that was at the bottom of the driveway got lost, and <laughs> like an hour later, people were starting to break in this guy's car and trying to get into oh. this car, and he finally showed up like an hour and a half later, and there was a big ruckus, and everyone's like, whatever, it's like, it was, it was mayhem trying to get out of that driveway. So we didn't oh, have that. Man. We had tickets to boxing, but we ended up selling them because we went to Puerto Rico. To, we to, every summer we went to Puerto Rico to visit family and whatever. And I, I remember us having to sell a series of tickets that we had because we ended up the family trip to Puerto Rico happening at that time. Right, right. Or else I would have gone to a boxing match maybe too. But I used to have, and it's probably still have in my parents' house somewhere, the uh, eagle, the symbol. Oh. With boxing oh, yeah. on, like a little. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Uncle Sam Eagle. Yeah. With Uncle Sam hat. Um, yeah. 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 I remember that. That and that whole Olympics was actually run by Peter Uberoff, um, and they did a great job of branding that Olympics. But you know, like I said, it you know when Mary Lou Retton cleaned house, it really wasn't the same thing as having to compete with the East I Germans. Suppose. I mean, you're taking it away from Mary Lou Retton. Then. I'm not, but I think I was aware of it at the time. Like it was talked about a lot that that we just didn't have the same competition in that Olympics, and it was all because of the Cold War, basically. And it was a tit for tat kind of an environment, and you know things were pretty pretty bad in the sense that I mean I don't know if you you remember um, kind of being aware or, or thoughtful about the notion that we could have a nuclear war at any moment. I mean, did you, do you have any feelings about that perceived threat? Um, not really. I mean, I didn't let it affect my day to day basis though, right. you know, thinking back, you know, when the myelothylon was being sprayed, it kind of felt like, Malathion. So you know, they had the big helicopters in the sky and they're raining down for, for the, for the fruit for flies. The flies. For the medflies. Medflies, right, right. It right. sort of gave that feeling like we were in some sort of crazy war situation where you had to be inside, you had to cover your cars up. Right. You can't go outside or else you, could, you breathe this stuff that's going to hurt you and kill you. You know, I felt the oppression of those moments of not being able to go outside or not being able to, while well, this thing was being sprayed, but you wanted to go out and see this thing just because it's kind of interesting idea that they're spraying down something like that. Right, so right, I, right. So that had nothing to do with being bombed or anything. But, I mean, I associated that with like, the <laughs> feeling of being in a war zone to a certain degree. Well, we would also, because we lived so close to the Los Alamos Air Base, I, th I used to get a thrill to see um, paratroopers yeah. Yeah, doing exercises or huge cargo planes occasionally landing there, like just massive things and, and stuff, you know. And... I haven't brought him up in a number of episodes, um, but, you know, because Darren was older and he was smart about stuff like this, you know, he was one of the first people to tell me, you know, I was probably 12 or 13 or something where he kind of said, you know, if there's a nuclear war, we're going to be like the first to, to go because the Naval Weapons Station in Seal Beach is likely to have hundreds of nuclear warheads. And ever since then, I've, I, I, I've Googled it a couple of times. I, I've never confirmed it. I mean, how could you confirm it if it's top secret? But if you look at the Naval Weapons Station in Seal Beach, it's massive. And it and there's these weird mounds, if you look at it from a satellite map and stuff, and it's like, well, what else could it be? And where else would nuclear weapons be but on the coasts of our country? You know, um, so, I mean, I remember him saying that, and it kind of gave me a comforting feel, like, well, I guess I won't get radiation sickness, or because I'll just be dead. I, I don't know. I don't know if you ever thought about that um, naval weapon station being part of the whole Cold War. And, right. Um, yeah. To a small degree, not so much as what you just explained. Like I said, I well, never you, really felt, you know. Like freaked I didn't, out. Like, yeah. I didn't lose sleep over it either. I mean, I'm not saying you lost sleep over it, but I, I, I didn't really put that much thought into it. I mean, when I went to the movies to see whatever movie, I just enjoyed it as a movie, not as a threat to my existence. Which movie? I mean, like Red Dawn or 
Oh, right. War games, whatever. You know, I don't, I didn't think, you know, Red Dawn was going to happen. Yeah, that's pretty far fetched. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea that the Cubans and the Russians can do a sneak attack on us and, and then take over half the country. But, you know, luckily, you know, a collection of guys that used to be in the Outsiders um, (laughs) saved the day, right? A bunch of Boy Scouts and, and, you know, guys who drove trucks and pickup trucks and, Colorado or someplace, but um, yeah, but there, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe we just had a different experience. I mean, there was a movie, a television movie that came out with Jason Robards in, I think it was like 83 called the day after. Right. I do remember that. That was like a big thing. Everyone was talking about that. Yeah. That, you know, it showed like a mushroom cloud and then, you know, sort of the aftermath of radiation sickness and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of scholarship on it. Of course, you know, Hollywood was playing up the fear in some ways because to sell, you know, fear sells, conflict sells and stuff. But, you know, and some people go as far as to say that it was propaganda for us. I don't think it was like um, that bad. Not really. like Hitler propaganda. Oh, and not like the Hollywood movie execs are teaming up with the Reagan administration to put out movies like Red Dawn. I don't think it was like, like a clear line right. like that. Um, but then, you know, movies like Top Gun, which was like super macho and parts of it are, in my opinion, are homoerotic with all that crazy volleyball playing and, and all that stuff. But um, I got to you. Yeah, it's just like a side note. But right. it was clear, like, you know, like it's the good guys and the bad guys, Tom Cruise. And, you know, he flies upside down um, at the beginning with a MiG. Um, a, a Soviet MiG, and he flips him, or Goose or him flips off the pilot, and all that stuff. I mean, it was well, you, you, good you know, guys, bad guys. I mean, it's definitely you know the election of Reagan definitely sent a a different feel into the air. I felt I felt that you know when Reagan was elected president, um, I definitely felt the shift in just the idea of the Cold War. I mean, yeah. as the years went on, you know, and all the things that happened and whatnot. And, it, you know, it kind of, strangely enough to me, you know, I felt some of that feeling in the last four years, too, in the sense of, you know, the shift to, to just blind patronism, to just being, to believing what you're told and, you know, the hate that can come from that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, we sort of had that same thing with the Russians back then. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the and previous communist episode. itself. Yeah, communism, yeah. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in a previous episode, but there was a kid who, who was, a, a, in, I think it must have been around fifth or sixth grade, um, who I think his name was Vitaly, actually. And he was Russian and like a, a, literally like a Russian immigrant. And I'm not sure if his parents were defectors or what, but um, I remember people teasing him and calling him, well, him a commie and stuff. Right. And that was what happened, you know, just a few years ago. There were people that, you know, luckily it didn't happen in my child's school, but other schools where they would, where kids were going up to kids who they felt were Mexican and saying, your parents are going to go away and they're going to get taken from you. You're going to go, you know, they were attacking these kids and really, you know, going after them. And it was crazy. And that sort of had that same feeling of what you're talking about. The, uh, you know, the red scare kind of stuff. Yeah. Except it was, you know, immigrants. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, no doubt. And um, yeah, you know, Reagan, it's funny. I have, um, I I, I mean, I have a historical perspective on things because I read a lot and listen to podcasts when I'm bored about stuff. And, you know, I know that some of the, Reagan and Republican tactics from a campaign perspective, you know, with um, playing up to the religious right and the so-called moral majority and all this stuff led to Trumpism. But I do have fond memories of how I felt in Reagan's America that he was, we were the good guys and he was not going to take any crap and he called them the evil empire and he was kind of scary and he, you know, he created this whole thing called the Strategic Defense Initiative, which people were dubbed Star Wars, which was the idea that we could create like a laser dome around 
United States and like it didn't matter how many missiles the Russians had we could just but they would they would bounce off or explode in the atmosphere and the funny thing is it, I think it was a real idea but it never got anywhere from a technology standpoint but the Russians or the Soviets took it super seriously and it freaked them out the notion that we would still have our nuclear weapons and we were putting more and more of them into Western Europe and then we could have a dome around us and we could have a full-blown nuclear war and we would technically win instead of the notion of mutually assured destruction which was always the thing that prevented each other from killing from from launching nuclear weapons because everybody realized that everything would just end um I don't know if you remember that term, Star Wars. Yeah, I do. Does that I, ring do. I do. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also remember the idea that, you know, the idea that once the missiles got in the air, we would shoot our missiles, whatever, and they would explode them all up in space or something higher to where it wouldn't reach us as well or something to that effect. Like shoot a missile down with another missile? Yeah. An anti-ballistic missile? Yeah. Yeah, but we had anti-ballistic missiles, but the problem was we, we each side had so many nuclear warheads that if only a tenth of them got through, we'd still all be dead. And so um, anyway, but which got me thinking earlier about movies that weren't necessarily about the Cold War or anything like that, but still came out in that time, such as Platoon and all these war movies where, you know, you actually got to see like napalm being spread across people or whatever. And the fear that we had already that, you know, the, missiles can come and kill us and then seeing the destruction in front of us from sure. the Vietnam War, even though that you know wasn't happening right in, you know, that wasn't the threat, it was nuclear missiles, just still being able to see the idea of of it being dropped on people and the despair and, and damage it could do, I think, you know, played upon our fears as well, those movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And and the and the and the um, special effects were getting better and better than when they were like with World War II movies where you see somebody shoot somebody and they just fall over instead of having a hole through them or whatever, um, which is more realistic, you know? And I think it's interesting you brought the, the Vietnam War because obviously that was part of the Cold War. Right. But it was, but it was a ba- arguably it was a battle <laughs> in the Cold War and we lost it. And I think... Um, that was part of the whole malaise of America that we had lost a war and all this other stuff in the seventies. And then Hollywood, um, not, not Oliver Stone with platoon. He showed the true horror of Vietnam too. Right. You know, more than, but, but we, we had movies like Rambo, which right. is like a Vietnam vet who's like going back to like rescue, um, prisoners of war. And then Chuck Norris had a couple of movies, almost exactly the same. And so it's like we were kind of like refighting the Vietnam War in the movies as the same time in the Reagan era going, you know what, we're going to go back and get those guys and we're going to kind of win that war finally, kind of a kind of a theme, right? right. There, was, there was a whole feeling into the Reagan era, which I think uh, he called it mourning in America and all this other stuff, where I, I think most people kind of felt good about it. America, after a number of years where there was just kind of like, this is all a bummer. You know, Vietnam sucks and the gas shortage sucked and the 70s kind of sucked. Kind of a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, I mean, uh, and then, you know, I think we talked about it on the lead up to this a couple of weeks ago or whatever. I brought this up, like the whole the impact on music, um, you know, um, did you, um, you, you actually comment, you actually, there was some commentary on our Facebook page about 99 left. Right, there was a whole thing about Cold War in general songs and bands and whatnot, I think, for a second there. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but 99 left balloons was one of them, of course. You know what that's kind of about? Um, I, it, it's, I, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of about like, one side of the other mistakes these balloons as like nuclear as um, airplanes attacking, and then they launch their airplanes, I think, to attack it, and then it ends up in like a nuclear war or something. Right. Like that. The only thing left is this balloon floating in the air or something to that effect. 
Yeah, and and there's a lot of um, movies. In fact, um, you know, Depeche Mode didn't do a lot of political songs, but back in the early days, um, when they're trying to find their sound, that song Two Minute Warning is about, I think, nuclear a nuclear launch. Right. Um, and like um, maybe I, I've I've it, never actually delved too deep into that song. Well, it's not the greatest Depeche Mode <laughs> song. It's not terrible or anything. No, I'm not saying but, it is. Yeah, and then there's the landscape is changing is also political in its it, certain yeah perhaps I haven't looked at that one myself as a, as a d- deep dive but it was but also like, a, uh, not written by Martin Gore yes which that's one a Alan Wilder song landscape is changing that's true so we dismiss it automatically <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> but there was a lot of songs that reference you know I I hadn't really well first off I didn't realize that. Uh, Prince had written a song like Ronnie talked to Russia where he specifically is telling Reagan to, you know, talk to, right. to, to Russia and whatnot. And there's, it's a crazy song, which I listened to it recently just to hear it, but it doesn't sound like a Prince song in any way. I should check that one out. Political in its sense. Well, you know, it's funny also, um, you know, Reagan, um, with his whole evil empire speech, I think in 83 or whatever it was, you know, he, he kind of took cues earlier than that from, from, a, uh, from Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister of, of Britain and English B has a song, a wine and grind. And then it's got the second part called stand down Margaret. Right. Yeah. Which I, I like that song a lot. In fact, that's the song that's on my list, Spotify list. It might be my favorite English beat song. It's probably my favorite, actually. Too. But when he says, stand down, yeah. Margaret, stand, stand down, down, please, please. stand down. Yeah, of course. And it's because she was such a a hawk. She wanted to take the Soviet Union on, I think. And so there's there's a ton of songs around that time like that. Like, um, well, Russians. Told, Russians by Sting, which is by like, Sting. do they love their children too? Right. Kind I mean, of thing. I, I used to, I, that was one of my favorite songs on Dream of the Blue Turtle. Um, but I still couldn't put it on my, it was just, it's too dark to put on my Spotify. <laughs> it's too dark. It's too, yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's sad. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, I mean, the whole song somber. is very. Yeah. 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 And, um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of these songs, but like, um, I, I was re-listening to, um, a song I liked back then cause they got a fair amount of, um, MTV play in the early days, the minute work or minute work and a song called it's a mistake is about native you know about somebody it shows in the video that there's a general who's got an ashtray and a cigar next to the nuclear red button and he accidentally hits the red button and it's about what would happen if uh, uh, there's an accidental nuclear war which is kind of the theme of war games too it's like you know everything was so tense what if someone just screws up you know, and I, so I don't know if if we were living in fear, but it is, I think there's so much content. Oh, sure. well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, MTV came about, you know, all these bands had a chance to not only sing their anthems, but make a video based on, you know, with two tribes. I mean, there's actual Reagan mask guy in a Reagan mask or something in that video, isn't there in the fight? There is. There is. Um, two tribes go to or. The, uh, yeah, and then the other video that kind of showed a similar thing was one of those uh, either a Genesis song, um, "Land of Confusion" or something, which kind of had a Reagan uh, puppet against another puppet that was oh, the Russian. That, yeah. And um, so, I mean, these songs weren't just songs like uh, B sides; these are were singles, you know. And I think it really um, resonated with people for whatever you know, because it's just part of our our lives, you know, and, and we should fail. We can't fail to mention that, that we talked about our parents in other episodes. Our fathers worked for the military industrial complex for, for companies that were making weapons systems. Now, I don't know how many weapons or rate projects each of them worked on. Cause I know they worked in aerospace too, but aerospace is, you know, the space race and all that is arguably also part of the cold war because we were racing to the moon and all that stuff. But our livelihoods were coming from employment at companies that made missiles. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just 
it was a great living <laughs> for, the, for those guys back then. At the you time, know? it was. I mean, well, the funny thing about that whole thing is, you know, it all came to an end, and my dad retired when he was like my age, almost, um, maybe like fifty-five at the most, because it all came to an end. And Hughes Aircraft said, "You know, you no we'll give contract. you all this. Yeah, we'll give you all this money to retire, or you can work and not make all this money." And so he chose oh, like, a, uh, like a buyout, like a buyout thing. And they gave him all his money yeah. to retire. That made it so that it was a no brainer. But he was like 55 or even younger at the time. Well, the wall came down in 89. So, right. I mean, it wasn't probably long after that where we started reducing our um, defense budget, which meant contracts were going away for Hughes and other companies for sure yeah but um and you know you know um yeah but um i just remember um oh and it's like so towards the end of the 90s or 80s right things started getting really bad for russia because we were just outspending them and but you know like uh, and they started having their system exposed of as as sort of the the weakness that it was, which like with the Chernobyl disaster where, you know, basically a nuclear power plant exploded and sent a nuclear cloud, cloud all the way to like Finland and a lot of people got sick and all this stuff. And then, you know, as the and then all of a sudden Westerners started playing music and stuff in Berlin and um, like uh, Dave Bowie, David Bowie and um, some other bands played like right at the Berlin Wall in like 87 and a lot of east germans came right up to the wall or were standing on buildings to watch these western bands like play and there's a lot of there's a lot of i think unwritten or there's a there's a lot to music um in how it was leaked into the into the east um from artists like bowie or whoever the big the big ones at the time and then right. you know and paul mccartney even played in moscow um and all that stuff and you know reagan did deliver that famous speech you know tear you know tear down this wall mr gorbachev and all this stuff and so i remember those moments real time because i you know i because i was proud of, of him for that you know at the time i was like he should be on a coin like he should be on currency and stuff. I was really swept up in the whole America thing, you know. Right, right. But not, of- not for not for stupid reasons like people are now, which is just because. Right. We were actually we were actually a good force in the world on oh. balance. I- right. <laughs> um, and we well, still I mean, are. There was a whole. There were. There was actually something to hate. At that right. time, whereas now it's the- simple too. You know, now the, the you know the the hate is coming from the inside. It's coming from us. It's not coming from someone else creating the hate. So, like like the Russians, there was no real. The Russians were a real enemy. Whereas nowadays, the, the, you know, the hate's being thrown at things that aren't really enemies, like transgenderism or stuff that has nothing to do with anybody hurting anybody or coming after you. In my sure. opinion. But um, speaking of Bowie, and you know, I, I don't know if you know, he lived in Berlin for several years in the 70s and put out three albums, um, and Heroes being one of them, of course. Um, but yeah, he... Yeah, they're called, I, think they're, I think they're called the Berlin Trio, or they've been called that. Yeah, the Berlin like Trilogy. The, or something like that, yeah. yeah. Even though I think they only recorded one of them in Berlin, but they're kind of... Hey, well, you know, it's funny, as I'm reading this Kraftwerk book, he was one of the early... Um, people that appreciated what they were doing in the seventies and they even give a nod to him and Iggy pop in, in, in one of their songs. I think it's, um, uh, I can't remember what song it is, but it's like a mid seventies song and he visited their studio. So he, he, yeah, go on. Yeah. Bowie's all about that. Right. But you're talking about his influence at the uh, time the wall went down or just before with the music, whatever, but he was there even in the seventies, you know, getting the feel of what was going on in Berlin at that time with, you know, the two sides, East and West Berlin. Yeah. You know, well, we one didn't of my get favorites. to live that era. It's, no, 
I know. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel jealous. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know, the my ex, the mother of my children, was German, and so when we would go visit her family. Her dad would talk about those times, about the times where you know a flight would take him so many more hours to get around because they couldn't fly over eastern side of Germany. So they had to all their flights had to be sent around the eastern side of Germany. You couldn't fly directly over it. And so, you know, back in those days, a flight that would take five hours took 12 hours or something because they had to fly around to get to where mm-hmm. they were going. Yeah, so no, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah. you know, it, it's... We definitely didn't have... We, we didn't live in that kind of era where it was just right in our faces, which we're lucky, we're, I think to not have had to live that. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though the, the West and, you know, we were all united against the Soviets and everything else, but they were the ones that had to deal with it, like, right there, like, on the border. Like, if we were talking about putting cruise missiles into West Germany, pointing at Russia, the people who lived in Germany are like, uh, hey, um, this will be a this this missile site is going to be a target, and we're all going to die for sure. You know, they were on ground zero of the Cold War. Ground zero. That's not a pun on uh, you know nuclear war, but literally, like they were at the front line of the Cold War. And right. I, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's it, I wish I could talk to somebody about that stuff. Um, you're probably I think you're lucky that you can that you've talked to people about that era because I love that era. I don't know. It's like, well, we love the whole 80s. So this was just part of it, you right. know. And um, and so, you know, and then, there, you know, there was other movies. I think he used to be a big fan of Falcon and the Snowman for whatever yes. reason. Because I, well, it, it, it has a Bowie song in it. It does have a Bowie song in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's got Cold War themes. Well, well sure. definitely. Because they were traitors, basically. Right. They were they were spies or whatever. And uh, I, I watched that a couple years ago. Have you seen that lately? It's pretty good still. I Sean Penn is awesome. Yeah, I always enjoyed that movie. And I mean, partly because Bowie has a song, but it is a good movie, too. Yeah. No. And then, but then, you know, there was all kinds of comedies that, you know, like um, Spies Like Us, which I don't think holds up as a, as a movie. But at the time when we were like 15 or 16, you know, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, you know, uh, somehow managing a missile site or capturing one, it's, it was so absurd. But, you know, there was just a ton of movies like that were kind of funny movies about the core. I think I think Stripes even had elements. Well, it had to, right? Because yeah. it was that time, you know. Um, but yeah, um, you, know, you know what's funny is you just mentioned Ground Zero, and on my Spotify list is a song by Party at Ground Zero. Party at Ground Zero, yeah. Which I hadn't really put two and two together as far as thinking about that, but it definitely talks about the commies or atmosphere today and go get your gun and all that stuff. Oh yeah, as well. for for sure, for sure. And even and, nothing to fear by Ongo Boingo has a reference to like nuclear bombs coming or something to that effect. Um, in it, yeah, at the beginning. Well, yeah, Oingo Boingo is funny. I mean, I don't want to get on a big Oingo Boingo thing, but they, it's not Cold War directly, but you know, I think Danny Elfman was kind of in that song Capitalism where he's talking, there's nothing wrong with the capitalism. There's nothing wrong with free enterprise. Don't try to make me feel guilty. And and he's like, you're just a middle-class socialist brat. And, and and so that also kind of had the themes of sort of this push pull of the capitalism and the, and I guess socialism or communism in it. And, um, but yeah, um, that's definitely a uh, what's it called again? Nothing to be here, fear but fear itself. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's definitely a, um, a Cold War song for sure. I mean, I, I should take another listen to it to see what he's um, going for there. And you know, um, it was just a very common theme. Um, and you know, um, what, what time we got going on here? Forty. Oh, we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we wrap it up pretty soon. Um, and and you know, as things ended and it kind of was like, you know, there's a song um, that didn't come out. It came out a little later, but um, it's a great song. Um, It's super uplifting. It's by Jesus Jones. I know what you're uh, talking about. It was, it was being played when they were putting the wall down. I thought. No, he he was inspired by it. Okay. 
I remember yeah, that but, song being associated with that time. Yeah. Maybe it's like um, years later, you know, they when they well, were showing it, things of it, they would put that song on. Because that song definitely is associated with the idea. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he he's – so I listened to it over the last weekend. Actually, because, it was a good album. Oh, yeah, actually, it, it is. It's got – I mean, I, it's like, got who am like – and or whatever. And, re, and Real, Real, Real. Yeah. An international bright young thing. It's actually right. a pretty good album. I didn't, it is a good album. I don't know if you. I don't know if you tried to stay with them after that, but that was I, their I, big first right, album. Yeah, no, I did. I do remember having another album after that, at least um, of theirs. But you know, it's like um, you know, right here, right now. There's right watching the world wake up from history and all right. this stuff. It's a great song, and um, and and then um, I mean, I know this isn't our genre, but there was a song by the Scorpions, which was a massive hit in Europe called Wind of Change that was that directly addressed um, the change of the wall coming down and everything else. So, you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you actually motivate me to want to seek out people our age who lived in like um, Germany or something or read more about oral histories about how people felt about the wall coming down after two or three generations of being under a well life. here's here's the 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 funny thing or not really funny but is um a lot of people you talk to now that are already that, you know or older a little bit older that lived in that time especially coming from communist countries not necessarily russia but you know around there or yeah um you know they're they are part of the people that were you know for trump and ever but their theory was you know, look at you guys got it made compared to what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not that bad. You know, you guys got to stop crying about this or that or whatever. And you know, they're to them. You know, they grew up with through so much to deal with. You know, that you should be. You know, thankful that you have your freedom and not complain about this or that or whatever. Which is true to a certain extent, but it doesn't mean that you know you just rule over everybody because of whatever. But their theories are, you know, like we're so lucky and which is great. I mean, which is what this country is built on, but some of it gets distorted to a certain degree. Yeah. It's a fair, it's a fair argument that, you know, we've had all these, you know, we had world war one and world war two and yeah, we fought in them and yeah, fine. I mean, I'm not diminishing the fact that we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, but basically the Europeans would say, or even, you know, maybe the Japanese, the Chinese or whoever, it's like, well, yeah, but you guys didn't have people, have tanks rolling in downtown Garden Grove and blowing down, knocking over buildings or drum, bombs being dropped on Las Vegas or something. We, we, we've been, compared to them right. in the 20th century, we've kind of had it easy as, as the regular population. I mean, right. because after World War II, like mo- many of the German cities were completely destroyed by bomb bombing raids by us. Right. I mean, and they, they literally had to rebuild the country out of the ashes of of the Second World War. And we, so people that aren't even that old now, people that were born in the '40s, remember like Hamburg or Dusseldorf or whatever being bombed out. Like, can you imagine? We growing up in downtown Costa Mesa and seeing like the South coast plaza destroyed or something. It's like, we haven't had any of that. Right. Right. We're, we're safely over here. <laughs> right. Which I, I that is, is, it, it's a legitimate argument, but it also doesn't change the fact that, you know, they hate for the sake well, of hate is, 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 well, hate. It's it doesn't, not... doesn't, doesn't help. It doesn't ignore the fact that they are the ones who, um, um, <laughs> started the second world war <laughs> and and the holocaust and everything else so that that's a whole thing to unpack as well you know with guilt and and everything else but um you know I, yeah i don't know i just i just love that era and you know i i think it was a simpler time quote unquote in the sense that you know you know nobody like whether you voted for reagan or you voted for bush or you voted for carter or whatever we were all americans we had a common enemy we had a, a 
we kind of had a, uh, a general purpose and direction of growth and, and whatnot. Of course, there was un- underlying societal issues and racism and everything else. But, you know, it was America number one kind of stuff. In a, but, we, but we were also really good to other nations, right? Like we, we, were, we, we gave tons of economic aid to, you know, tons of countries and stuff. We were the good guys. Right. We're definitely the good guys, you know. Um, so anyway, well, um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts um, on that topic. Um, I'm sure we'll get some interesting commentary about it. I'm I don't sure. know. And a lot of people, you know, it it brings back memories that you don't necessarily didn't necessarily feel at the time. Like I like you were saying, or I was saying, I didn't really feel like the world was going to come to an end at any point or whatever but looking back you know you definitely can see where that feeling could come from and how you know we lived in that era of of fear of that sure well i mean we weren't born yet but there were literally 13 days in like 1962 or three or whatever where the cuban missile crisis any wrong move on either side of of we could have ended up in some nuclear exchange and a lot of like our parents might remember like they certainly remember that right. like they remember they grew like they were young professionals or whatever i mean i don't know um if your father moved here in uh he might have been living in puerto rico when there was a cuban missile crisis going on within a couple hundred miles of his home Right. I, did, you know, I mean, they were here before Joe was born. Yeah, but he, this, this, years. Joe was born in like 63, so maybe they missed it. But still, it doesn't really matter where you're living. Um, right. If, the, if there was a nuclear exchange between the Soviet Union and the United States, um, it would have been pretty bad. <laughs> and people sure. were on edge. People were on edge, you right. know, on, on that stuff. So I think whether or not we lived in fear is is probably not the case, of course. But it was out there right just this notion that well is evidenced by all the songs in the movies we've talked about (laughs) right which i'm sure a fair amount of the songs on my spotify list have you you might not even be aware of it right yeah right yeah probably it's 13 hours long the 80s one i mean it doesn't have songs some songs from the 70s late 70s um but it's 13 hours long Does and it, no um, repeats. See, I, 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 I was listening to it. I have this, re- if you, if you ever need to get, um, a portable, um, like amplifier, look up a uh, block, block speaker, look at Bluetooth called block rocker. It's awesome. I, I bought it. Um, one of my daughter's friends brought over last summer for swimming and it's like 80, 70 bucks. It's, it's awesome. So I, I was in the pool last weekend and it was hot and I was listening to your playlist and I wasn't sure if you had got away from your, um, your no repeat artist rule, right. but I thought I had heard um, the same artist a few times, but then sometimes I think Spotify gets cute and throws in a couple tracks that is like the stuff on your playlist without really asking you. Does that seem to be true to you? I don't know, but I can tell you, I'll go through it again, but there shouldn't, I mean, there are songs by the same person, but different portions of their lives. They're not in that band anymore. They're in this band or their solo stuff. And so stuff like that, like Adam and the Ants and Adam Ant are two separate things. They're two separate bands. I and thought I had heard something by Dead or Alive twice or something like that. I don't know. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll double well, check because sometimes what happens is I'll be listening to it myself. I listen to it a lot and I'll think, you know what? I want to put this song on this list instead of that song. So I add mm-hmm. the one list and I go back and find the other song and delete it. So it's possible that a, you listen to it and I deleted one and then you heard the other one the next day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know how quick it happens. Maybe you were listening to it and I happened to change a couple of songs from certain bands or whatever. And then those songs came on because I had just changed them. But I do listen to it 
often and I do decide, you know what? I don't want to put that song on there. I'll put this song on there instead. And I'll add that song and then I'll go back and take a song off. That was the other song from that band that was on there. But I as see. far as I know, there should be no repeats. But I can go through it again. It's 13 hours long, so it's there's possibility I could have screwed up somehow. I'm not perfect. I'm yeah. not saying I couldn't have. Um, but speaking of which, mm-hmm. I did decide to uh, to move on. And though you know we talk about the 80s and stuff like that, I did make a list. I mean, a Spotify one for the 90s and one for the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010. Because I was always into music, and you know, I still am. But after the girls were born, I didn't have as much bands or new music that I listened to. Um, but I have always been record. listening to new music throughout the '90s and the '2000s. So I uh, I made those lists too, and they're about six hours long each at this point. I'm you know everything's oh, wow. a work in progress. They're all work in progress, but they are out there. Um, so if you're interested in hearing some '90s and 2000 stuff. Um, yeah. And it's funny because when we got to the 90s, things changed. You know, I listened to a lot of – I was going to undergrounds and yeah, yeah. industrial music, stuff like that. And I try not to throw stuff. too much techno stuff on there just because I got over it. Like by the right. time – Like house you know, the, music and stuff. Yeah, the late 90s happened. I was back into listening to not stuff like that. Right. Um, just not that. There's always <laughs> so, so much so, – so many, so many times you can listen to Cubic. Um, and so they, uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of that stuff on there, but there is some yeah. of that stuff on there. So it's, it's important to have some of it for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, definitely yeah. Moby's goes on there. I still haven't picked an orbital song to put on it yet. What about the is, orb, that fluffy cloud song? I, I had to put that song on there. That's a cool song. Yeah. So That's stuff like that. Um, yeah, but cool. yeah, um, if people who listen to this and want me to put the, uh, I can put the links on our page, like in the. Yeah. But um, some of that, some of that stuff, or you can go find it yourself competitive. because it's not necessarily our '80s genre, but yeah, 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 it's still good stuff. So, what do you? You're go. Is this the weekend you're going down to the? Yeah, I'll be at the beach all weekend. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so it looks to me like I'll be at uh, the Orange County Great Park for the. Uh, Club Soccer State Cup semifinal. If you find versus, yourself near Laguna Beach, head over um, and say well, hello. You know, it's funny you say that. We're not going to be that far. Um, the game will end at around, let me see here, 1130. I don't know what you, what time are you showing up? Are you coming, going tomorrow? We're going to be there. We're checking in on Saturday and checking out on Monday. Oh, okay. So what time are you getting there Saturday? Probably early afternoon, maybe even late morning. You should go to Club Post Nuclear while you're there. Yeah, I drive by it sometimes. It doesn't exist anymore, but I drive by the building. Well, the funny, it looks exactly the same. Right. Strangely enough, it doesn't, they didn't change the architecture or anything. That was Uh, the 80s thing, late 80s, and then it went to the 90s. Club Post Nuclear. I mean, I don't know. It's funny because, I mean, this might be another. different uh episode of talking about radio back then whatever but i remember the florentine gardens richard blade come to see me at the florentine gardens and all those clubs go there um i don't know that i ever went to florentine gardens i was we were more club with nuclear people and then we started going to the undergrounds i know yeah um all right cool well um that should be fun and yeah, if you're you, around, give, give me a holler. I'll and, talk to her. She loves going down to Laguna. I mean, I was wondering, let's just stay in touch over it because yeah. that would be, we, we would probably be able to, after we get out of the game and uh, the car and stuff, we might be able if, if swing down for a bite to eat or something. Yeah, you might be able to run into Lisa and, and I think Joe's in town. So Joe might come oh, by. My dad's coming oh, on yeah. Sunday. Oh, but, well, um, all, it's, cool. it's almost like a family reunion. Well, yeah, they'll, they're going to come and hang out with us and whatnot. Yeah. I, is um, your Alyssa's GF coming going? With the girls, yeah. Oh, cool. And the girls are coming. I'll tell Monica. That'll be fun. That could be fun. She loves yeah. it. We, Laguna. What's not to love, right? Exactly. That's it's, the, oh, it's nice there. It's great. 
hope you got a deal. You know, oh, no, lodging, lodging is getting ridiculous now. No, it, it, are, it's it's an expensive yeah. weekend, but it'll be worth it. Good. All right, man. Well, uh, try to do that. All right. And uh, for our listeners, uh, thanks for being loyal and hanging in there. We'll try to get on a regular clip, but it's hard with all the stuff in life now. You know, the whole thing reopening and options to do things. <laughs> all right, then. Till next time. Combination with Scott Martinez and production.